We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS podcast. Derek Van Riper here with Mario Puig. It is Monday, July 31st. The non waiver trade deadline is upon us. So by the time many of you listen to this podcast, some players will probably have been dealt. Has something happened uh, since I biked over here? Like I, I like the last like 20 minutes or something? Had Addison Reed already happened when you left? Yeah. yeah. Nothing has happened since okay, then. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, the Tigers said they're not going to trade Verlander or Justin Upton until the winter. That was the only other thing that came up. Why are they doing that? Bigger contracts, so harder to move in season. Oh, hmm. More okay. teams will be flexible with payroll at the winter meetings, so that's their their goal there. Uh, so we got eight games on tonight's slate, and a lot of high over-unders. We've got Casey Baltimore at Camden Yards. That one's sitting at 10. Uh, Ubaldo Jimenez, a big part of the reason why, of course, in Is that one. I, I say he's bad, then he comes out and throws a gem, so I will not make a statement on Jimenez. But the over-under's 10. Danny Duffy's going for the Royals. Uh, Tigers-Yankees is Michael Fulmer against Luis Severino. Yankees are big favorites at minus 250. This one has the lowest over-under of the night. It's rare that on an eight-game slate, the game at Yankee Stadium has the lowest over-under, but it does at eight and a half because arguably the two best pitchers on the slate are in the same matchup. Yeah. The Indians are on the road in Boston. Ten and a half is your over-under in that one. It's a Mike Clevenger against Doug Fister. Nats Marlins starting a series at uh, Miami. Nine is your over-under. Jose Urena throwing for the Marlins. Gio going for the Nats. 
Uh, Hamels matching up with Felix Hernandez in Arlington. How about 10.5 for the over-under in that game? That's kind of surprising. I think it's like 10 degrees warmer there than all the other games. And, uh, yeah. Ball's going to fly. Hamels been shaky. Hernandez has been giving up a lot of homers, even though he's been, you know, a little bit stabilized otherwise. But, yeah, it could be some uh, a few homers in that game at least. Probably some counterintuitive uh, idea there going at Two pitchers that for a long time we really liked, but now just aren't at that same level. Uh, Jay's White Sox happening at guaranteed rate field, Ugh. Uh, south side of Chicago. Ball flies there as well. Ten and a half is your over-under. The matchup in that one is James Shields against Marco Estrada. And Estrada has been awful pretty much since the day that I suggested he might be a top 25 starting pitcher, <laughs> like around the end of May. His two months since that time have been as bad as his first two months were good it's kind of crazy he's not this bad clearly isn't as good as he was before <laughs> this could be a spot for him to bounce back and you got the rays and astros happening in houston alex cobb goes up against the houston lineup that is without george springer and carlos correa right now those two players uh, on the dl charlie morton going for houston and then uh, giants a's is the nightcap 1005 eastern first pitch there nine and a half is the over under Matt Cain for the Giants. Sonny Gray is scheduled for the A's, but he's expected to be traded. Okay. To who? We don't know. That's a big deal for the site. Huge. I mean, like the first he, he was the first thing. He's the guy. He, he might even be the guy in tournaments, too, because the Giants just aren't good. And they don't put runs on the board. Gray is pitching really well. Kane is very bad. Kane's bad, so the run support should be there. If Sonny Gray is not traded before the deadline... He's the guy. He's the guy you want to start. What time is the deadline? Four Eastern. Okay. So we'll know well ahead of lock. That's which helpful. Is, which is very helpful. <laughs> if, it, if the deadline were at lineup lock, that would be just the absolute worst we possible riot. scenario. Yeah. But it is what it is. Uh, so assuming Sonny Gray gets traded, he's 9,500. We like him if he doesn't. But assuming he gets traded, is Severino your default cash option at 10-1 home tonight against the Tigers? Yeah, um, I think he's kind of my guy anyway, like just because I'm really high on Severino and as as much as the matchup is better for Gray and the price is cheaper for Gray, um, I just feel like the talent differential there and then maybe if if there really was a cash presumption, you know, on Gray being the main target as far as that goes, then yeah, I was like, well, I figure it's about the same play quality wise and maybe like 30 percent owned to 55 or something so i was going at severino for that reason but also just because he's awesome there are three sort of mid-tier options that i think are, are in the mix morton against the rays yeah. 8800 geo uh geo at 8700 against the marlins nats are favored in that one they're minus 135 favorites uh and then danny duffy as a slight road favorite against the orioles the orioles uh, have a, a below average WRC plus against lefties, 91 as a team. I don't really think Ubaldo is good, so there's that factor. He too. had his good game the last time, so he's uh, four homers today. That's as reliable as anything I could say about Ubaldo. Uh, but then the Royals uh, also have a guy in Duffy that misses a lot of bats, and the Orioles, as we know, strike out a lot. 24.2% team strikeout rate against lefties. So, other than the fact that Duffy's not getting the Orioles at Kauffman Stadium, Everything else lines up pretty favorably for him tonight. So I think Duffy is in the mix for tournaments uh, with the likes of Gio and Morton. Uh, but Severino is 
the best way to go, I think, in cash games. And arguably, I think he's the best option in tournaments, too, so. because yeah. the, he's, he's not cost prohibitive. At 10100 that's a reasonable enough price for an ace where you don't necessarily have to go to a cheaper option. And I think the hype, uh, you know, the recognition on just how good he is is severely lagging still, even though he's getting a lot of attention these days, obviously. But he's... I mean, I don't I don't see any indication that he's going to be less than elite, like if he's not already there then within the next year or two. And yeah, and I'm, you know, relatively limited slate with, with, with limited pitchers options. Uh yeah, I mean the matchup isn't great, the stadium isn't great, but I think it's just one of those things where this is a guy who will be priced like eleven thousand most days not long from now. In his last twelve starts, Severino has ninety-one strikeouts and eighty and two-thirds innings, a two sixty-eight ERA, pushing ninety-eight fastball. Like, Yo, the stuff is incredible. He's averaging just balls. under forty-five points per start on FanDuel over his last twelve, which is remarkable. He's and he's not being treated like that. He's a high ground ball, like very high velocity, high strikeout, low walk, and the homers aren't even that high anymore either. He's he's a point eight five per nine this year. The only other pitcher I would think about, as I kind of hinted at before, though, would be Estrada. If you wanted to do something very different, open up a lot of cash, you know, if you were going to stack Astros or something expensive, stack Yankees against Fulmer would be pretty contrarian, so I don't think that would do it. Uh, but you want to load up on expensive bats elsewhere. Estrada against the White Sox seems like a pretty soft landing spot. The Jays are big favorites. Shield isn't very good either, so you expect the Jays to put up plenty of runs. Um, our projections, our raw projections, actually have Estrada as the second highest scoring pitching tonight. Hmm. So, you know, take that for, for what it's worth. It says a lot about just how bad the White Sox have been uh, against righties throughout this season. They have an 86 WRC plus against righties. Only the Giants have been worse in their split matchup for tonight. And again, that's that's why Sonny Gray is so appealing if he's not traded. But the yeah. odds of him not being traded are, are very slim. Uh, starting to look at some possible stack targets. The lower-end arms, as I mentioned before, Doug Fister would be first on the list, potentially. Mike Clevenger's not the kind of guy that I stack against, but he's not good enough where I fear mixing in a bat or two against him if I like the matchups and I like the prices. Um, But I think you look at Fister as a full-on stack target, Matt Cain as a stack target, Urania because he's getting the Nationals, uh, and then, of course, James Shields would be arguably maybe the best stack target overall with Jay's bats. Right, yeah, and he kind of, if I remember right, I'm pulling up the game log here. I thought he got pretty lucky in the last game. Um, like he was, he went like something like six innings. I'm trying to pull this up here. He's, he's gone uh, six innings three times this season, and he's made ten starts. So he gave up a little bit later on. He he started hot against the Cubs, I guess, but uh, he tailed off with a high pitch count or something. Um, so yeah, you're gonna get that bullpen in that game too. Uh, but Shields has been giving up a lot of home runs the past couple of years about two per nine innings so that makes a lot of sense uh a weird thing that i noticed when i was looking at splits with uh clevenger and he gives up a lot of opposite field uh fly balls to um lefty hitters and does that in that particular stadium mean that like guys like benintendi jackie bradley leon i guess uh basically might get a a kind of power split comparable to righties in that stadium yes like, if, if, if if that's a if that's a trend that's reliable which i i have no idea if it is but if that's something that we can buy into as what clevenger does I maybe mean, he works outside a lot and, and as a result lefties go the other way going the other way at fenway is much more enticing for a lefty than trying to pull the ball out to right, right. field but yeah I'm, I'm, not that i have a you know particularly 
you know reliable knowledge of this uh but just looking at splits over you know however long we've been doing this it's like i don't remember seeing an opposite field uh rate as high as clevenger's before for for lefties so yeah that's that makes it bradley and benintendi pretty interesting to me i think um but yeah probably not a full proper stack against them especially since they have a good bullpen yeah the bullpen factor too i think it's even more extreme after the deadline the red sox adding a guy like Addison Reed makes that bullpen deeper. Uh, the Nats, with their trade they made a couple of weeks ago, has made their bullpen better. Not not to the point where you're avoiding going up against Nats pitchers when appropriate, but uh, as, as teams kind of load up at the deadline, the extremes become uh, more pronounced, yeah. and, and that's something that's kind of important for us as DFS players to uh, to acknowledge. Uh, let's move over to the catcher spot. We'll go around the diamond and see if we can find some value plays at every position. Uh, behind the plate, it's kind of interesting because I, I like Danny Duffy, so that makes Wellington Castillo a bit less interesting than usual. I usually target Castillo when he's matched up against the lefty. I think he's a good play because, uh, I mean, Duffy, even on his best days, tends to give up like at least one homer. Uh, it's just that he doesn't really get rocked that often, so you could you could have Duffy go, you know, seven innings, six, seven strikeouts, whatever. Only two runs allowed, and Castillo's a good candidate. Like, looking at some of the splits for uh, how those right-handed Orioles hit um, lefty change-ups and sliders, which Duffy throws a lot, uh, Castillo was one of them that kind of had pretty even splits against those kinds of pitches, whereas, like, some of those other guys, are just they clobber the fastballs and then whiff on, like, all of the sliders and change-ups. So that'd be, like, Machado and Trumbo and those guys. Uh, but Castillo, I, I, I think, makes sense as like a standalone Orioles bat today. Yeah, I think it'd be the only Orioles bat I would play because I do feel pretty good about Duffy overall and catcher's yeah. a bit thin again. With this being an eight-game slate, just it's it's a very it's limited options today. If I don't have a Duffy, if I don't have a Duffy starting lineup, you know, then fine. Going Castillo makes a lot of sense. Uh, JT Realmuto has a pretty good matchup too against Geo. It's righty lefty. Evan Gaddis, I think, is in play against Cobb if he's in there. Uh, he's pretty affordable, uh, still at 2900 But beyond that, it's going to be kind of a, a wait and see who pops up into the lineup last minute. If you want to go with a punt play, Bruce Maxwell's 2200 against Matt Cain. It's about as good as it gets as far as a cheap option. That's a good a cash game option. Flexibility for a guy like Severino. Yeah, and um, otherwise, I mean, Salvador Perez would be the ideal if you can fit it in, I think. Because um, going against Ubaldo, he can definitely get homers in that stadium. Um, otherwise, I, I do like Russell Martin against James Shields. He's been getting a lot of uh, <clears throat> at-bats at the second spot lately. So uh, that that would be interesting to me if he's in there against shields and then tournaments i i mean bad cash game option perhaps but i think you have to like zanino in tournaments um it's a hot weather game going against a lefty who's shown some homer tendencies lately and uh yeah if he, if he actually puts the bat on the ball he can crush it yeah so to kind of summarize i like i do like perez more than real mudo since real mudo's oh yeah 3400 i thought he was cheaper uh, Zanino does make a lot of sense in tournaments for the reasons you mentioned with the weather being as warm as it is in Texas right now and with that matchup against Hamels. Moving over to first base. Oh, it's always uh, it's always kind of a drag when you look at the Jays and you see <laughs> Kendry's Morales so much cheaper than Justin Smoke. And you want to play both, but you can't. Because if there were only a flex spot or a UT spot or something extra, you could use them both, but you can't. So 
do you try to save the money if you're going to use one of the Jays' first basemen and use Kendry's Morales today? Or would you actually be more inclined to pay up for smoke, given that Morales does a lot of his damage against lefties? Right. Uh, so I would imagine Morales is going to be kind of popular in cash games because he's so cheap going against you know this guy Shields, who gives up about two homers per nine inning frame and in a stadium that's certainly conducive to that outcome. Uh, and at twenty eight hundred, that's just that that's a ridiculous you know dollar figure to home run probability ratio. So. Um, I'm probably not going to go at Morales, but it makes sense, I guess, because uh, when the otherwise best or most costly option anyway is smoke, it's like the field isn't even as interesting as usual. It's like normally you could at least, you know, shoot for somebody like Vado or Rizzo or something. And smoke's not as interesting, especially when he's 1100 more. But um, I guess at first base, I, I, I like Valencia as a GPP guy, I guess, uh, going against Hamels probably not going to be that many people on him but his lefty splits are still quite good uh, in a hot weather game obviously so i don't think i'm going to be paying up at first base today which is uh, not what i normally do i normally want to pay up at first so much of the power is there but i, th- I think you can get some cheap power sources today you're gonna go like alonzo at 2800 against kane that makes sense but is are we sure that alonzo is healthy right now and haven't looked at his numbers in a couple games but i remember thinking he uh didn't seem quite right he walked Uh, off the twins yesterday oh yeah that was that was a huge game okay so yeah alonzo is going to be getting some option or some action then uh because yeah kane is awful and if alonzo is back to normal he's one of the top power threats on the board yeah the three for six of the homer yesterday broke a stretch of nine straight games where yonder alonzo was in single digits in terms of his fan duel output so maybe things are starting to turn around a bit for him uh, Gallo at 3100 is kind of interesting depending on where he ends up in the lineup today but think if I'm paying up at first base Edwin Encarnacion is the expensive first base yeah. I'd be most inclined to use yeah if I was going over 3500 it would be for Edwin rather than smoke I think moving over to second base Jose Altuve only 4400 pretty affordable but Alex Cobb's pitching really well at Cobb Cobb's yeah. at the point where I don't trust them enough to use them against Houston. Again, without Springer and Correa, it's kind of important to, to point out. It's not as tough of a spot as it would be. I don't trust Cobb enough to use him, but I like him enough to not pay a tax for a yeah. guy like El Tuve against him. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Cobb's been pretty good, and uh, that weakened version of the Astros batting order makes things less enticing. Like maybe I'd go at a not to go off of our schedule here but maybe Derek fisher but i'm probably not that into the uh astros bats generally it's been kind of a feast or famine with rudnet odor he's had some big games including uh, two two homer games so far in july uh, he's gone over 25 points on FanDuel, i think on four different occasions and if you go over his last month going back to july 1st rudnet odor is averaging 11.6 FanDuel points per game over his last 24 He's still very affordable. Yeah, I like him. Today. High risk, high reward, but 2900 against King Felix. I think that's an interesting way to get some exposure to that high over under and to do it at an affordable price. Oof, I missed that. He's hit two homers yesterday. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even think he's that high risk really in this setting, um, at least in this particular slate where we don't have a lot of like hot weather games. Um, I, th- I think this this game sets up nicely two aging pitchers in a spot where they're particularly vulnerable or at least more vulnerable than, than the other guys pitching today. So uh, I like Odor at that price at least because 2900 is just a, 
it's, it's a small burden for the kind of power that he packs. Yeah, not much else, though, at second base that I like today. So it's going to be pretty, pretty clear concentration. I mean, I like Mankata because he's a high, highly regarded prospect and just don't really know if I want to invest in him in DFS right now because there's not a lot around him in that lineup. He's still kind of figuring things out. It's okay. It's it's, right. it's not great, but I'm probably not going to do it. I don't think I'll have enough lineups where I end up with Mankata in them today, even though this Estrada is a, should be a, I, I think I like Estrada more than I like the idea of trying to pick on him with any White Sox hitters. Right, yeah, and I mean, it was it would be like a tournament kind of consideration, especially since Odor is, is more reliable and has probably a higher upside anyway, and it's not much more expensive. But yeah, second base for me, I guess, is pretty much just limited to uh, Odor, Ramirez maybe, and then Merrifield, I guess. Yeah, Merrifield, because he can run, also kind of has a little higher floor, occasionally chips in that way. Uh, moving over to third base, another young player, Rafael Devers, producing in his opportunity right now. There was some concern that the Eduardo Nunez trade would uh, send Devers back to AAA, but he's, he's collected awesome. the hit in four straight games. Uh, he has not had less than nine FanDuel points in a game over the five he's played with Boston, still just 2,700. It's a lefty-righty spot for him against Clevenger. So if I'm going to pay up for one of the young players, you mentioned Derek Fisher before. We'll talk Oof. about him with the outfielders. Devers or Fisher, to me, make a lot more sense than Moncada by comparison. Yeah, yeah definitely. Man, that is... I didn't realize uh, Devers was... Um, I didn't even know he was a lefty bat. That makes him definitely on uh, that list of considerations against Clevenger's weird opposite field split in that stadium. Um Otherwise, Mustakas is really hard to stay away from at thirty six hundred. Like I, I think you could justify pricing him at like forty four hundred against Dubaldo. Um, so be going at him. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of third base guys that are pretty interesting. I think like obviously uh, Donaldson against Shields at thirty eight hundred is not prohibitive. Um, Donaldson's been so bad for like a month plus now. Like I'm. I'm interested because the price is lower than it normally is, and it's against James Shields. But most yeah. days right now, I'm just trying to stay away. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably won't have Donaldson. I'll probably have Devers if he's in, and if if not that, then uh, yeah, Mustakas. Beltre's in play, I think, but his price is a bit hard to take. Yeah, third base is a little bit thin today, which is kind of unusual. Usually, we're we're flush with options. Uh, I mean, what about uh, what about Chapman at twenty six hundred and Healy at twenty five hundred? I know it's it's righty righty, but Kane's just bad. Yeah, I, I think you could make a case for for tournament either, either one of those guys as tournament guys that could go deep. Part of your A's stack, maybe maybe one offs, but I think better suited to be uh, part of an Oakland stack as opposed to being just mixed in uh, since they don't have that platoon advantage. I mean, you're right, Kane's just bad in general though, so it shouldn't matter all that much that they're not facing a lefty today. Uh, moving over to shortstop, Marwin Gonzalez, of course, now at the shortstop position with Carlos Correa down. He's 3,600, which I, I think I've said before. It's just weird to see a bigger number next to Marwin Gonzalez's name, even though the production certainly uh, warrants it. Elvis Andrews has been bumped up. He's 3,500 now, so he's not necessarily the autoplay that he was when we last spoke uh, a week ago. Uh, but as you look at shortstop today, what stands out to you? I mean, does Bogarts at 2,900 tempt you a little bit, or are you still convinced that he's just playing at less than 100% and you want to see some production before you start to buy in again? Yeah, I, I, I just don't feel like I'm in a position to know what's going on with him. The The price makes it tempting, especially just because I, I think that Boston-Cleveland game is my 
second favorite target generally after the uh, Kansas City, Baltimore, um, and I, I guess Texas, Seattle too. So anyway, it's one of it's one of the best looking matchups on the board, I think. And if Bogarts is right, you would normally go at that for sure. Um, and I don't know, maybe today you do because there's not that much other than him, Andrews, and I guess uh, Lenore. You play Simeon at thirty one hundred. Yeah, yeah, you could. Um, that's that's definitely an interesting one, but yeah, otherwise it's like just turns to garbage real quick. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you do got to pay up though in general at shorts. I like Andrews the most, I guess. Uh, it is what I'm thinking, at least when you just for cost. I wish the Tigers weren't throwing Fulmer because Didi would be really interesting today since he's at home, especially. Yeah, he's well. The other thing to consider is that. Uh, with justin wilson gone that detroit bullpen is even thinner so um maybe fulmer can go six innings maybe he can't but either way there might be one or two times through the order against what's a pretty bad bullpen yeah that could that could help bail out any yankees that are in lineups tonight if uh, fulmer is pitching well and that bullpen comes in and just goes full gas can because you're right without justin wilson one more key piece that they are now playing without they were really bad with him bullpen wise yeah so. getting, getting the ball to justin wilson was a problem as it was so there you go uh moving over to the outfield Derek fisher very much in play at 2600 against Cobbs because you save so much and uh, it really gives you a nice amount of upside sprinkled into the lineup as well uh are you willing to take any chances with bats against charlie morton does a guy like Corey dickerson at 3000 flat interest to you in this particular matchup not particularly and it's not because i think it's like a bad spot for him per se it's just i i like some other options more uh so i'm I'm not really inclined to go at morton when there's you know the kansas city bats the guys in the texas seattle game the cleveland boston one so uh if we're looking for a bargain i, I like jackie bradley to build around uh because 2700 i i, I think boston's gonna put some runs up against clevenger and you can get i think a pretty good chunk of that at a low price like him and benintendi combined are six thousand so that that's something that i'm considering is is a foundational thing uh if you're looking for a tournament power source at outfield it's always gross you know considering him but brandon moss is 2500 going against ubaldo so maybe maybe a worth a lottery ticket kind of uh, approach with him if you're going on a tournament lineup at all i agree with you on benintendi i, I like that nelson cruz is only 3600 yeah. today against hamill he's my favorite play i think uh you know adjusting for cost especially when you think about like stanton judge harper those guys are all just under 5000 at 47 47 and 4900 respectively so i think cruz offers the kind of elite ceiling that you're looking for and the matchup the splits, certainly not as bad as you'd think the, the splits uh, i mean like on the road against lefties the past two years he has to be about 1000 ops so uh 3600 you're, you're not going to see those kinds of splits at that price often with him yeah so lots of different ways to break it down uh, and of course on FanDuel, a lot of changes for this year if you haven't been playing but you just started picking up this podcast uh, I've got to recommend it as a, a good set of changes. I mean, you think about quality starts being included. You got friends mode mixed in there as well. Uh, a lot of good changes to the site over the course of uh, this year. All those went into effect back on opening day, but I, I like the way it's played out. I mean, I felt like I, I'm really not hunting wins the same way I was in the past. Like it still matters, but I, I think it, it opens up a few more pitchers that previously I would have ruled out because I didn't have confidence in either their offensive run support or in the bullpen behind them protecting a lead. 
Yeah, so it's uh, nice getting that, what is it, five points or something for a quality start, and then it's only like two more for a win. So, yeah, it's it's, it's a pitcher performance and not uh, the the cruel whims of fate deciding your uh, point total there. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Have all the fantasy that baseball has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. Sign up today. Go to fanduel.com slash RW. Special offer for new users. Deposit today and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription plus five free entries up to $50 in value to try a variety of sports on FanDuel. That's fanduel.com slash RW. Sign up today. It's going to wrap things up for the Monday episode of the Rotowire DFS podcast. Todd and Joe are back with you on Tuesday.